Apocalypse Rock Chapter 28 Outside Classroom 4 Through the glass walls into the library, Doug watched Dora and Irene reading with their class. Dora was buried in a large book, lounging on some beanbag chairs with a few of her other classmates. Irene was across the room leafing through picture books and chatting with a friend. Irene picked up a book, then bit the cover. Her friend started laughing. Doug's anger cooled. What just happened was provocative? Charlene stood beside Doug. But getting angry will make everything worse. Can you take my kids away? Don't even think about that, Charlene replied. What's important is that Dora and Irene are okay, that they're protected from any fallout, whatever this is. Protected? Who the fuck is this guy? Dora and Irene are happy. Me and their mom do everything possible to make them feel loved. This is insane. There's something messed up about him. It took ten minutes to figure out he's a fucking creep. A couple of kids looked up at Doug and Charlene from behind the library's glass wall. Calm it, Dougie. Charlene gave Doug a big hug. Over Charlene's shoulder, Doug could see all the inspirational posters tiled neatly along the corridor wall. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Be the reason someone smiles. Let's eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. Commas save lives. I gotta watch what I say, right? Charlene said softly. I'll make sure everything's okay. I know, replied Doug. Has this guy even seen any of the other kids? We could both name a few have to deal with way worse things than their parents separating. Charlene nodded patiently. I'll make sure everything's under control, and that Sam knows everything. Just go get your kids and have a good weekend with them, okay? Doug smiled. The anxiety was still there. His head still throbbed, but the pressure had lightened a bit. Just wait a second. I'll go get your jacket. Charlene went back into the classroom. Doug looked back at the corridor wall. Next to the inspirational posters were children's drawings. A purple whale sprayed green water from its spout. An eagle carried a slice of watermelon in its talons. A little monkey with a long gray beard swung from a tree. A child stood next to a tall tree in a boulder, a bear slept in a cave with a pile of bananas next to it. A fire burned in the woods. A pair of disembodied eyes stared out at Doug from a large twisted jumble of small trees and undergrowth. Doug leaned in closer at the last drawing. The classroom door closed, and Charlene handed Doug his jacket. Do the kids still play hooky at in the forest? Sometimes, if they're naughty, she replied relieved to see that Doug had seemingly calmed a bit. But when we take attendance, if we find anyone's not back after recess or lunch, then Sam goes out with the air horn. Do they ever get lost out there? Like wander too far? Not much has changed since you were here, Charlene replied. But further in, those woods have been fenced off for like the last 15 or 20 years. It would be really hard to get lost out there now. But why? 
I was just out there before our meeting. I swear I saw a kid hiding in the woods. Cheeky. I'll check with Sam. What were you doing out in the woods? Having a smoke, replied Doug. Charlene shook her head and gave Doug a look. I am actually still trying to quit, he said. With all this and then July going missing, it's been hard. That's what I wanted to talk about. Charlene grabbed Doug's arm. I'm going to post an update on the Sternum Facebook page, she said. We need as many people as possible calling up police in Terminal in Seattle. We all have to push them to find July. And then, like, where's Constable Sweetland gone to? No idea, replied Doug. Maybe it's a good thing, Charlene shook her head slowly. Sweetland's always seemed a bit out of his depth. Doug nodded. The two hugged again, and Charlene walked toward the principal's office. Doug put on his jacket and then opened the door to the library. He softly called out his daughter's names and waved for them to join him. His heart leaped a bit when he saw them. They both smiled at him. He smiled back and nervously put his hands into his jacket pockets. His left hand accidentally pushed through the small hole in the pocket lining, tearing the old fabric even wider. But then Doug's hand closed on something cold. Almost involuntarily, he yanked it from his pocket, just as Dora and Irene ran up to hug him. As his daughters competed to tell him about the books they'd been reading, Doug opened his hand. In his palm sat a little cylinder of dark glass. Rock is written and read by me, Nate Bitsinski. For more, go to apocalypserock.xyz. And please leave a review wherever you found the story and share with any friends if you think they'd like it. Thank you for listening.